we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, brought to you by Big Boy Pants. Popular amongst men ages 3 to 9 everywhere. Pull up a pair today. Uh, no, um, actually it's brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLS Fantasy Boss, and I'm joined by most of our MLS Fantasy Insider Classic crew tonight. With me I have Simon Thwaites, Jason Wiskovich, and Andrew Crawlard. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. Hello, bad. Excellent. Yeah, I, you know, some people may wonder uh, if Andrew really qualifies as classic, but you know, I think so. He's he's been here a lot at the beginning, and and he's several times last season. So I, I, I think you're classic, Andrew. What do you think? Uh, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> You'll take it. He's an OG. He's, he's a classic man. Well, guys, how was round ten? Um. I felt pretty good about it, and I've been excited to do this episode, but how did your teams do during round 10? Pretty good for me, 133 points. Um, I thought that was an okay week. Up to second overall, what up, how am I this lucky? Except that the MLS Fantasy account tweeted at me and was like, you're in first. And then by the time I saw I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you way to jinx it. Come on, man. <laughs> Nice job, man. Um, yeah, I'm at 137 for the week, which I'm pretty stoked on, considering the average was 85. And I moved up to 172 overall. I've been just ping-ponging back and forth in the top 100 to 300. So I'm just hoping to get some consistency here. But I'll tell you, this week was a hell of a lot better than last week. I ended up on 129, which I think was about average for people in the top 500 or so. Um, so, not too bad, not the best, but good enough. And I hit at 124, so I'm the, the bottom of the barrel this time, but I was still very pleased with that. 85 is actually the highest average round score that we've had so far, even including some of those awful double game weeks. Uh, but I was just very <clears throat> pleased to actually have players performing and getting points where the last few weeks I have had just some trouble getting that to actually manifest itself. So 124 is still a very happy score for me. So I started talking about a little bit when I mentioned those past double game weeks, but how do you guys view this double game week? As far as I was concerned, I was like, finally, this is what a double game week is supposed to be like. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely spot on. There was a lot less player rotation amongst the popular names that people had. So I think most people walked away pretty happy. Yeah, other than a Rudy and uh, Jones and Aird, for those who have him, uh, I, I'm stoked on that. I'm happy about Rosenberry. His goal was fantastic, even though that was, what, 12 or 13 points on my bench. Um, but, yeah, the rotation was what we thought it was going to be. I think especially with Kansas City, we knew that there was going to be a shakeup game one. I didn't think Zussi and Benny were going to be on the bench, but, um, you know, 
But just injuries too, man. I just can't believe it. Like hammy injuries again. It's it's getting ridiculous. What are these trainers getting paid for? Yeah, that uh, is a good point. Guy Sanchez, Mr. Guy Sanchez, cannot join us tonight for some family issues, but he did give us a statement that he wanted us to make sure was covered on the show, and I think now is a good time. Uh, he says, oh, God, G-A-W-D, oh, God, I wish I was home right now to talk about this, but somebody has to mention the fact that Josie got hurt while taking a PK. That's what happens to asshats that try to take PKs from Geo for any reason. So the hatred of, of Josie continues from Guy Sanchez and, as Jason said, a, a hamstring injury. That The same kind of injury he got, as we talked about before the show, while sprinting in the World Cup, he gets while taking a PK. Grade 2. That's ridiculous. For That's ridiculous. So that leads us to the last question for our review. What kinds of related fantasy lessons did you guys take from round 10? Always captain, home and home. Always, <laughs> always, always. No, Valeri was a great captain. I, I think there were a lot of great captaincy options, but for me, the thing that irritated me was I had 10 double game week players. Giovinco was my only not double game week player, and I still only got 137 points, which to me is still kind of crazy. You would think with 10 double game week players, I would be in the top. 25, um, but there's always going to be that single game week player. Like I said, it's if it's anyone, maybe Valeri, but definitely Giovinco, they will outperform double game week players. But yeah, I don't know. Always captain home and home. Just do it. <laughs> Listen to our picks because we're always right every single time. Oh, I don't know if I go that far. Always. I actually had a really interesting switcheroo option this week because I, I also had 10 double game week players. And then I was left with Sasha Kleshton and Giovinco as my two single game week player options. And I had a switcheroo with them. And I'm just really happy that Kleshton didn't end on seven points. So I was able to switch Giovinco in and got his massive 20. So <laughs> definitely happy about that one. I actually took Simon's advice. That was that was my strategy. I was trying to decide on a captain, and I said, Simon, in our Twitter back and forth, I said, I'm just going to pick whoever you pick. Who are you picking, Simon? And he said, Diaz, and I said, done. You and and I was choice. watching the first game when Valeri scored that goal, and I thought, oh, <clears throat> F my life. What's going to happen? But <laughs> but it worked yeah. out. Gio also went fantastic uh, captain pick. I guess he would have been the better captain pick overall um, with his 20 points compared to... Diaz is just slightly below that, but still, can you can you really be upset when your captain pulls in 38 points? Nah. I, I don't think so. Well, Diaz lost, I want to say one or two points on the very on uh, on yesterday. With, right with the recalcs, I think he was at 42 before that, but uh, still, 40 versus 38. I am not going to be sad. But you know, I will point out, I have yet to have a captain that has scored a hat trick. And it baffles my mind. Same with Juvenko. Ah. Ouch. Ouch. And with Kai Kamara at Columbus. Oh, and that's not going to happen. Did you learn anything from this game, Simon? Um, going to sound so arrogant. I'm sorry. I No, I didn't learn anything. I, I don't <laughs> you know. Are number two. Like, you honestly, are, you are number two. It, like, it went <laughs> how I feel like most people expected. So. Well, that's that's big... Big thoughts coming from the number two player <laughs> in the season. I, I Like I said, I was like, Simon, just tell me who you're picking. I'm going to roll with that. So that's what we've learned is 
maybe not all of our all of our picks are correct, but uh, Simon seems to be on a run of form right now, and so he might be worth listening to. We would call it maybe luck. I don't know. I'm I'm hitting more more goals than my expected goals. I'm sure. So it's got to balance out at some point. That's you know what I always say. So you're at take the take the you take the odds, and eventually like you do better overall. But anytime you're like in the top five, you're overperforming whatever your expectations are. So. <laughs> That goes for everybody so else on. in the top five, too. Moving on, we're going to cover some injuries now. A few people are getting close to coming back. I know uh, Ivan Schitz came back on late for Seattle, so there's one to keep an eye on. Uh, they were talking during the Dallas game. I think it was the second game that Hedges is getting close, so he may be one to look at. And Fortunately, I think Zimmerman has a starting spot pretty much locked up now, and it's going to be Lloyd. He's going to be going going off there. Other ones that people have looked at in the past, keep an eye on Ameriquois, Ellis, Spindola, Hines is one, um, Papa over at Colorado, Powers over at Colorado, so Rivero, uh, Tierney, Toya, lots of, lots of guys to watch out for. Arid is now suspended, so there's uh, something different to keep a watch out for. Do you guys have any other injuries you want to point out? <laughs> Mon for RSL. I'm not sure when he's going to be back. Yeah, I don't really have Adi, any except. Oh wait, Adi, Adi looked like he picked up a hammy. I was just gonna say people should um, hit up that MLS injury news Twitter yeah. that Mike that Tiger started because that's really got the most up to date stuff. Especially if you're probably listening to this on uh, Monday or Tuesday, you can probably get more up to date information close to the game week by checking out that Twitter. Um, it's a good resource. Right, because yeah. we're just rehashing what we've seen in the past and trying to <laughs> get some information on things that happened during the game, like uh, getting not being in the second game because of an injury he picked up. So uh, check those sources out. Reddit has some information. Definitely like that. Tiger's Twitter. Those are some great sources to look at. The more concerning part about uh, people who may not feature, though, is Copa America. America, the Voyagers Cup, and the Euros are all coming up in a few weeks. So this is when a lot of players are going to be gone. So we know that the U.S. players are going to be leaving for their camp after this round, round 11. Other teams I have not kept up as much with. Uh, what about you guys? Do you know anything else about some of these other teams? It's a travesty that Gio's not going to Italy. Can't believe that. Very true. I was I was hoping. But, I mean, at least you'll have him for a few rounds before his bye. Um, I know Mexico has their 40 Man, roster out. I think Ireland has a roster out. There are rumors that uh, that T-Mac, Tommy McNamara, may be going to Ireland. He has dual citizenship with the U.S. and Ireland, so the U.S. is not courting him. Maybe Ireland, so that could mess up some plans if you're hoping to ride him out through some of these uh, New York games that are coming up. Other than that, I know that MLS has the Copa America information on their webpage. Uh, there's going to be a link in the article I have coming out this week to the Copa America call-up list, so keep an eye on that. With the U.S. leaving in round 11, I would think that most teams are going to start having their call-ups around 11. Maybe you'll get to round 12, but I would think most of the players are going to start leaving now. So really pay attention to that when you're trying to make your picks. A real easy source, head to Wikipedia and just look at the national team rosters and see who's had a call-up recently. That that can be a really quick and easy way if you don't if you're not familiar enough with some of the international players. There was a question earlier on related to the upcoming matches like this about the free transfer windows coming up. So for those of you who don't know, there is not a free wild card to help deal with round 13 that's coming up for Copa America. 
the free wild card does not come until round 19. So if you've saved your wild card for this time, uh, this is an ideal time to use it um, because you're you're going to have a lot of guys disappearing and you're going to want your team set to be able to survive through 14 and 17. If you have not used your wild card, now is the time to start thinking about those transfers. There are eight teams on a buy. Yeah, eight teams are on a buy in game week 13, so you don't want to get stuck with the players who are going to be there and make you take some minus fours when you don't have to. So keep that in mind. That's what's coming up with the wild card situation. I am using mine this week. Yay, there me too. Hey, Reed, speaking about wild cards, so we have a wild card in 19 and another wild card in 33. Now, let's say you use your wild card game week six. You don't have another wild card for the rest of the season, correct? Incorrect. You have a wild card. You get one free wild card between rounds 1 and 18, I believe, and then you get another free wild card for the second half of the season between 19 and 34. So, so then you, you get a total of 4. So you get a total of 4 wild cards. You get, of course, you get the MLS granted, well, 5. You get the MLS granted wild card in round 1, or game week 1. You get it in game week around 19 and in round 33. And then you have two free wild cards you can use throughout the season whenever you would like, one in the first half and one in the second half. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because I know uh, we had a Twitter question on uh, on MLSFI, and uh, I just wanted to clarify that. I've had a couple other people ask me too, so Yeah, definitely. And do you guys have any other points of interest you want to mention for housekeeping before we move forward? Use your wild card this week. This is the best week to use your wild card. <laughs> I, know, I think some good good arguments could have been made for a little bit earlier with, with proper player management and, and trading, but this is definitely an excellent time uh, to use the wild card, the first one that you have. So, Of course, before I move on, I will mention thank you to everyone who has been donating through our Patreon website, uh, patreon.com slash mls. <clears throat> FI, uh, you've really done a lot to help cover the the fees that we have and help us have some operating money to be able to give back to you all now that we've got the sticker designs ready and just the logo designs ready for our stickers and for the pint glasses that we're going to be ordering. Uh, We're excited to be getting that moving forward, and we're excited to do some brainstorming on other things that we can do um, to help just give back to the community, maybe do a better website development or just some other league prizes that we're hoping to, to bring out. So uh, this is what you get from, from us when you donate through Patreon is you are, of course, helping us support the website, but you're enabling us to just give back to the community, and it's just a great way to get involved, and we really appreciate it. And as I say all the time, I will still love you if you choose to listen to our podcast and don't feel like you, lo- you want to give. Simon and Jason may not love you at all, or at least as much, but I still appreciate you guys listening every week. We still love you, friends. So before we get to our questions, there there was a nice, interesting topic, and I think this came up last year, but it's it's always worth touching on briefly. And it someone wanted to know what we thought about having provisional transfers for next season, and this was someone who got kind of stuck. We all know, especially during these Wednesday double game week times, especially this month where we have a lot of them back-to-back, sometimes it can be hard to get back to your computer to make a trade. And so basically, this Reddit user was suggesting that at the beginning of the round, when the trade window opens back up, we could set our desired transfers at the start of that trade window, or really any time during that window. But when it got to the time, say, 30 minutes before kickoff, if there had been no 
adjustments to the provisional transfers, they would go through. And that would be your transfers for that round. You would at least be able to make your transfers and not get stuck with the guys who aren't going to be playing. Is that an idea with some refinement, of course, if there's, there's always going to be your formation maybe you can deal with as well. Is that an idea you guys think would be good to look at for next season, or is it just something you're like, no, I don't want that at all? Uh, sounds great to me. I don't think it's really against the spirit of the game at all. Um, I'm not really sure what it would involve on the back end to actually implement that, but it sounds awesome. Yeah, I'd enjoy it too. I mean... Um... I think I've maybe forgotten to make my transfers once a year, probably once or twice a year. I always forget to make them. And yeah. it's always on a double game week when <laughs> I have some sort of bizarre afternoon meeting that um, conflicts with the games. And I think a lot of people probably in the same situation. Don't know if it's possible from a tech perspective, but that one seems like a pretty simple yes to me. Why not, you know? Now I'm going to pull a grumpy guy Sanchez here. And I'm going to say that's that's dumb. Um, your provisional transfer, uh, why don't you just make it then on Monday morning? Or even better, set an Outlook invite for yourself to make sure that you set your rosters on time. Um, I, I think that that would just cause way too many issues because, okay, cool, I want to transfer out a forward and a defender. So now those forwards and defenders go where? To your bench? Do they just go into the people that you transferred out? But then what if that person was on your bench last week, so then they're going to be on your bench? There's just too many things that I think need to be worked out. But it's also like I understand the point of the provisional transfer, but put your big boy pants on and your adult pants and set a reminder in your phone. Do something like that. That's a fair point too. I mean, I, I'm all for it at the same time. I'm also, I should clarify, I'm also very much on the if you forget your own transfers, that's your own fault, and nobody should feel sorry for you, oh, Grumpy pants. Oh, you know, guys, come on. Life every now and then happens, even even more so than because MLS, because life. Uh, Fantasy is life. Fantasy, Fantasy is life. Fantasy is life. Get some. Um, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued by the idea. I, th I think you guys all touched on the, the key concern is the tech side, the back end, because, of course, MLS does not control... Uh, the game. Ben Bear is not a tech guru who's sitting back there manipulating code to get it all to be worked out. Um, it's it's through the same company that works with Fantasy Premier League to get that worked out. So I don't know if that would involve a big shift in in programming. Uh, obviously, it won't affect the EPL game, and, and obviously they have those little uh, what do they call them cards or chips? Um, chips, yeah, I was thinking fish and chips, and that's fries. 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 Yeah, I was thinking fries, the freedom, freedom fries over there. <laughs> uh, so they're obviously doing some different things, and we are, so I, I don't see why they couldn't pitch the idea of trying something like that. Um, I'm all for it. I, I think, as I mentioned before, sometimes I've noticed when I make some transfers, the default formation isn't exactly what I want, so you may want to extend it to having maybe a preliminary roster with those players. I don't know if that would make it more difficult, or if just the way it would be is, yeah, you can set a, a default roster, but be sure when you set your team formation, the guys who are getting swapped are already in those positions. I don't know. I like it. I will definitely mention it to Ben when we get our little recap at the end of the season or mid-season and see if we can make it happen, because it's uh, it'd be great for casuals, it'd be great for hardcore guys, so why not? Why not? Great question. I wish, I wish we would go back to the, uh, the drag and drop onto the screen 
I don't really like the the uh, you know how it was was it two years ago? Yeah, right. Yeah, I I, I, lo- I love the drag and drop format. Like you know this format's not bad. It was a little it's it's new getting used to still for me, but I, I just that's one thing I wish they would always, they would bring back to the drag and drop because much easier. Yeah, definitely it is easy. Uh, I know some of the optimizations were made for mobile, and I don't know maybe dragging is sometimes problematic with a small screen to get it to land exactly where you want it. But but that's that's why that was made with some mobile optimizations. But I too I did also enjoy drag and drop. So now we're going to go to our questions and our picks. So first we're going to have keepers and defenders as always. And you know what, guys? I just decided to throw a miscellaneous question in here because we hardly ever have keeper and defender questions this this time. But an actual defender question first off is, if we don't have Quello, is he worth adding or is his price at this point now too high? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Quello is $7.9 million. Um, but he he's a beast. He's fantastic. Um, I think that if you can afford one premium defender, I still think he's the one you get uh, because he has played every game, every minute of this season. And if you look at the uh, player filters, there's only one defender there with 75 points, and it's Quello. Um, it's eight points less than Piotti, who's the highest-rated midfielder besides Valeri. Um, a lot more than our goalkeepers, and he's actually uh, 10 points behind David Villa, who's a second leading forward. So Quello is this year's premium defender, and even at 7.9 million, I think it's a good, uh, it's still a good price. Plus, the great thing is Sporting Kansas City do not have a buy until game week 25. Granted, they do not have any more double game weeks, but. Uh, for kind of a set-and-forget defender, I think you'd be safe with Quello. So I've actually owned him since week one, and I am transferring him out this week with my wild card. Um, I, I want to wow. spend money elsewhere. Can't believe it. I Yeah. Blasphemy. Blasphemy, Andrew. <laughs> um, but I, I just want to get a couple – Double game week defenders in there. Um, I'm bringing in more from Toronto and one of the cheap Philly guys. Um, as I, I think I can just spend that money better elsewhere. Um, if you want a set and forget guy, Quello is definitely a good option for the next several weeks, as I'm pretty sure he plays in 13 as well, yeah? yeah. I think he's played every minute for Sporting Kansas City, and he may be the only player who can actually say that. Yep. Yeah, so he's fine. Um but I, I think for me, my plans going forward, I can just use that money up front. Oh, sorry, I thought you cut out there. Uh, yeah, and that's really what it's all about is it, when you make some money off a player, sell them and move on to be able to bank that money someplace else. In my opinion, the defense is the best spot to do that with because I, th- I think at this point in our fantasy lives or our fantasy think tank that we've sort of established here we're solidly in the realm of budget defense and especially Andrew and anybody else in Andrew's situation of having Quello from round one you have made bank on Quello now is the time now is the time to sell that there's no sell penalty you get .9 added right back into your budget and you can spend that someplace else and get big money you can bring in a Styers, you can bring in a Campbell you can bring in a Rosenberry into your defense and you're gonna be sitting pretty so now here is just the random question I threw in here. 
are Red Bull players worth bringing in? And I don't know. We're, it seems like we, we cut on New York a lot, but what do you guys think? Is, it, is anybody worth bringing in from Red Bulls at this point? So I was kind of wondering if this um, question is specific to the defense because we're on the defense section, but I'll, I'll answer it for both if it's for the defense and if it's for overall. So for the defense, I think probably not, although you do have the option of grabbing Zizo, um, who has been doing okay on on points in general and is kind of cheap. That said, uh, just like eye test-wise, for me, maybe not taking into account so many of the numbers. I don't really trust the New York defense that much, and it, it scares me a little bit to grab guys that, mm, you know, maybe maybe there's not such great possibilities for, for doing really well. They do have a home matchup against Chicago when Chicago's offense is really, 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 really bad. So even with um, maybe being a little bit shaky, there's a chance for a clean sheet. But then the games against New York City FC, uh, the next one in the Yankees Stadium, I think you can pretty much guarantee yourself that that's um, not a clean sheet, just given how games at that stadium tend to go. So I'd maybe shy away from them on defense. But then on offense, absolutely you want to get the guys because, like I said, those fixtures are pretty good, and Question and um, Bradley Wright Phillips have had really good expected outcomes. And I think Andrew can probably talk more about being super high on the Red Bulls because I, I like them quite a bit too, but he's definitely had some good numbers for that. So I definitely pick up the offensive players. I think you nailed it. Um, I personally would not bring any New York defenders. Um, with David Akram coming back for Chicago, their entire offense changes. Um, you so, look, yep. And then in terms of Red Bull attackers, uh, their numbers have been good all year long, and they've finally, within the last four weeks or so, started actually performing to what the numbers say they're actually playing like. Um, so guys like Question, definitely bring in Question for sure. Um, and BWP, he's one of those players that is just frustrating as heck. But at the same time, double game week, I, I feel like I have to bring him in. Chances are good that he's going to get one. He's going to get the chances for sure. Well said, well said. I, you know, I like him too. It's... Uh, they can't be bad forever. They're going to come back up. They've had some rough spots, and I think Kleshin at least is, is worth sticking with. I like that you guys like Zizo. He, for me, is one of those few players where, like, I'm, I feel like I'm always pulling for Sal Zizo, kind of like I'm always pulling for Poku. It's like I just I just attach to some players like that guy I like, and so when they do well, it just makes me feel so good. One I, quick... I, Go I ahead. actually like Robles. I'm surprised you guys haven't brought up Robles. Like, I know that they do have a buy-in 13, <clears throat> but you're playing at home against Chicago, away at New York City, which is technically walking down the street. Then you're at home against Toronto. You have a bye. Then you're at home against Seattle. Then you have another away, a double away home. Uh, I'm sorry, a double away, double game week. So I think Robles, if you're going to wild card and you have someone that is going to be playing on 13, I think Robles could be a really good option. Uh, he's, he's just kind of expensive. I know he's dropped down to 5.9, but are you really getting your your points per dollar with Robles? Can you not find someone in the cheaper seats though? That sure, sure. And there's such and there's such a small variation 
for for keepers over the entire season with with their points returns. That really going for that double game, like I I don't know if it's always a priority for for that position. Fair enough. Uh, one note I will say about the New York City FC defense before we move on, since they did come up, someone asked about R.J. Allen and if he was going to be going forward. He's a 5.3 defender for New York City. He is currently listed on the fantasy website with a lateral ankle sprain. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if it was listed like that last week because these guys have not been on my radar recently, but I would be wary of, of that. I, I tell you one thing, I don't know about you all, but I visit WebMD sometimes to figure out what these injuries are, and playing the MLS fantasy soccer game is helping me learn a lot about injuries. Especially hamstrings, right? Especially hamstrings. I have looked up academic articles about hamstrings and recovery times and stuff like that, so this this just, you never know what you're going to learn from playing this game. So let's do this, guys. Who are your player picks for keepers and defenders? Let's start with Andrew. Uh, I'm going to bring in Josh Saunders, most likely, from NYCFC. Um, I like the double and playing through 13. Um, I'm bringing in Moore and Campbell, and I'm looking at potentially R.J. Allen if he's healthy. <laughs> Sorry um, to take the air out of your sail there. No, no, totally fine. Uh you know, injuries happen and got to monitor it. So that's uh, something we got to take into consideration. Jason? Yeah, um, my keeper this week is going to be Malia again. I'm going to pull a Simon and say stick with whoever you got. Um, unless you are wild carding, then I would definitely um, – I like Malia and Blake. I'm still big on Blake. I think with Blake, you're setting yourself up for uh, not only the double game week in 12, which is a double away, but then you have another double game week in 15. He's fantastic. So Blake and Malia for my keepers. And my defenders, I'm going with um, Quello, Rosenberry from Philly, and I really like Hernandez at 6.6 from New York City FC. Plus, they don't have a by in week 13 as well. Same thing's true for Philly if you want to go with, with a Blake. Exactly. And, yeah, they've got a nice little schedule. And that's why I'm like, I've been tailoring ever since double game week six, I've been tailoring my team to make sure that I don't have any players that have a bye week on double game week 13 or two of them so I could transfer them out like, you know, a Giovinco. But um, that's my mindset with these types of transfers to make sure that I'm clean and clear of double ga- or of uh, the 13. Bye. What's you, Simon? Uh, I'll go with Irwin at keeper. I think he's got the best matchups this round. And at defender, um, I don't really love a lot of them, but I think I'll make the pick that we haven't talked about yet, which is this guy, Matarita. Um, he's like kind of expensive, so maybe if you were transferring out Quayo, you would bring him in for like the same price. He's had some really good big blow-up kind of, um, I don't know, offensive production games. So I think he could be a good pick. Might not actually have him, but I think he's an interesting guy if you have the budget for him. Like, all things being equal, I think I'd like him um, if he was a little bit cheaper. Also, I'll go with Campbell. So Matarita and Campbell because Campbell is cheap and he seems to start and get some bonus points. And for those who don't know, what team does Matarita play for? New York City Football Club. New York City. I I do like... I mean. Got called up for national team duty as well. 
Oh, he did? What national team is he on? Costa Rica, maybe? Who did? Okay. Moderita. Well, oh. I like him this week. And then after that, <laughs> sucks probably for get you. at least one more out of him. Yeah. Uh, I also have picks from Mr. Guy Sanchez, and I will share those with everyone. Uh, Guy is also a fan of Irwin for for this round. And then on defense, he likes Colin and Campbell. You so crazy really guy. Colin over there at Orlando. And remember, too, guys, um, New York's, I'm sorry, uh, Toronto has a double home game week against New York City FC in Columbus. So double game week. Maybe. So moving on to midfield, uh, we had a question here that says, is Jermaine Jones still the huge value he seemed at first? Uh, given his current form after the double game week, is his price accurate after all? What do you think, Jay? That's, you know, I I remember when Jermaine came in uh, his very first game, and I want to say he dropped like 15, yeah, he dropped 15 points, and then he had a 7, a 6, a 7, a three and a two, which is extremely disappointing. Five points on a double game week, not playing a full 90 either game. Um, I feel that he's starting to fizzle out a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's the old age playing. I, I really don't know. Um, but with Colorado's schedule coming up, so they play away in Seattle and they play home against Philly, have a bye and play home against Chicago, I think it's safe to say you, you could drop him this week. Um, possibly, especially if you're wild carding, I would try to get somebody else. I gained $0.1 million on him. Yay. Um, but maybe even like, you know, <clears throat> a, a, a Mac. Alex has, Alex has been pretty good as well. Um, but I would really look for somebody that uh, has a double game week coming up, and I think you're, you know, it's safe to say that you can drop him. Uh, and I don't think he's worth his price, especially right now with the two bad games. But Knowing, no, knowing because MLS, now that we say this and we drop him, he's going to blow up like P.I.D. did. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Jason. Um, I don't think that Jermaine Jones was ever a player you should have had on your team, and I think I've been saying that the entire time because um, I, like his production has never been that great in fantasy, and it seemed like his production was kind of an outlier because he had a couple of set-piece goals, He's never been a proven offensive commodity, so I guess I sound super condescending and annoying right now, but um, he's not getting bonus points. I don't think you should have Jermaine Jones on your team, even if he was a million dollars cheaper. Preach it, preach it. Yeah, you know, people people come and go. This this reminds me, I don't know if you want to weigh in here or not, Andrew. It sort of reminds me early on in the season when we had people like Winger who were doing really well, and, and you were like, no, 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 that they're they're performing above their average. Do you think Jermaine Jones is performing above his potential? Um, I actually haven't looked at any of the stats on it to say, but just looking the eye test at Colorado's attack, um, I think it was the podcast for American Soccer Analysis that does the expected goals data. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the guys on there was saying how they just don't look like they have a plan other than just Everybody run forward, <laughs> <laughs> which I think works for Jermaine Jones. I, I think that's the kind of environment that he would thrive in because he's always just kind of that scrappy player that doesn't seem to have a whole ton of positional discipline. Um, that said, I still wouldn't own him, and I would sell him absolutely if I had him. <laughs> I think that's that's the strategy for most U three teams, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay, so our next question for the midfielders is, who is the best player to drop for Bradley this round? And some of the names that were thrown around in the Reddit forum were Benny or Diaz or even Question. Um, or do we even think he should be brought in with Copa America right around the corner? Simon and I were actually talking about this earlier this morning, and uh, both of us were pretty high on Bradley this round. I think he's a must-own this round. I think he could potentially get up to 20 points. Um, I'd bet at least he gets 10, that double-digit mark. That seems to be kind of happy with my double game week players. Um, so get him for sure. Um, question, don't drop him. He's on a double game week. Uh Diaz is second in bonus point production amongst attacking midfielders, and Benny isn't even in the top 10 for attacking midfielders. So I would drop Benny out of those three. You should listen to Andrew because he is a very, very smart man. <laughs> and let me just back that up. Here's what amazes me about Michael Bradley. So he's 10.3. He's owned by fewer than 7% of fantasy managers, so only 6.9% right now. He has only gotten one assist this entire season in, in eight games, or sorry, in, in 10 games, he's only gotten one assist. Yet, he's only scored fewer than five points one time, and that was in round nine. Every other time, he scored at least five points. So that's amazing that he still... It's because of the 10.3, a little bit expensive for someone. But that's consistent. That's a great floor. Yeah, he's a bonus point machine. I think he's second overall in bonus points per 90 behind only Valeri in the entire game. So high floor for that's sure. A best, that's a good uh, best kept secret. <laughs> so with that in mind, let's do our picks. Andrew, or sorry, Simon, who do you like? Uh, Picks-wise, I like, what do I have written down? Michael Bradley, as we just talked about. <laughs> Go figure. And Sasha Question, as we also sort of just talked about. Yup. Yeah. What about you, Jay? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I didn't even think about Bradley, but you guys really got me thinking about him. Uh, but for the double game week, um, I still think uh, Stash is... You know, a fantastic player to have just because the double game week. Uh, really, you know, I really haven't looked too much into it. I think that if if a calm is healthy, um, I think a calm would be a fantastic pickup for the double game week. Um, I, I still love T-Mac. I've been big on him all year, even though I haven't owned him. That goal last week was just – I mean, that was a FIFA 16 goal. It was gorgeous. Um, like I said, uh, Stasha and – I was actually going to say um, Will Johnson, um, but... Oh, really? Yeah, j just just as a differential. Um, but, yeah. I, I like... Bradley, seemed, you guys maybe swaying me to pick up Bradley. Or Bradley. It's quality. Andrew? Uh, Bradley, must own. Question, must own. Valeri, must own. And then I think T-Mac is a good choice, and if you want a bit of risk, David Akam. Look at you and me, man. Yeah, yeah. copycats, yeah. twinsies, twinsies, and of course from the desk of Mr. Guy Sanchez, Valeri, Bradley, and Question. So I think we answered that Bradley question pretty solidly on the show tonight. So 
Keep an eye on him if you have not already. I expect that 6.9 number to be higher by Wednesday, guys. Get this done. So forwards. Uh, one question that we have here is, is Kyle Laren worth adding to our team in exchange for one of the big three forwards? And so, of course, the big three are Gio, Via, and Drogba. Yeah, Laren, uh, I mean, he's he's a beast. And I think that if you were to pick him up, I think that you do it on... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they is it this? They play this? No, they play uh, game week. Th- yeah, game week twelve. Yeah. Um, now this would this would be a prep week. Yeah, for for Kyle Laren because Orlando's double game week is in round twelve. So I believe they play home against Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would prefer to get a double game week forward. So obviously Geo, David Villa. Um, if you want to prep, then sure. I think it's a great idea. Um, but if you have someone that's starting, I mean, if you have like an Audi or an Arudi, then yeah, I think that you drop one of them for Kyle Laren. Uh, I think that's a great move. Um, I, I think he's a good player and he's fine, but I would not pick him up this week. Um, you want the double game week players or you want CJ Sapong. Um, yes. Sapong has, I think it's home game double and then a home game in round 13 and Larian does not play in round 13. So if you're looking for kind of that mid-range forward option, I think it's got to be Sapong. Well done. Well done. And our final question is, is anyone interested in adding Ola Kamara to their team, or what do we predict will happen to the Columbus forward position going forward? You should not buy Ola Kamara for your fantasy team. That is a very simple, simple answer. Do not do it. Do not buy an unproven fantasy option that wasn't really supposed to play that much this year. Don't do it, please. Or actually do, because then it will help the rest of us. <laughs> It'll help Simon stay in that. <laughs> Just, I mean, maybe he'll be great, but like, I guarantee you, you have a bunch of better, more proven fantasy options that Ola Kamara. I will defer to Simon's fantastic statement. I agree 100% wholeheartedly. <laughs> I would rather have Connor Casey on my team than Ola Kamara. Connor Casey <laughs> is, isn't he on that? Isn't he actually on Columbus? Yes, 6.5 million. Yes, they I should think, be playing him. He would be a good option. Over Ola Kamara going there forward go. because that's... that's how bad Ola Kamara was. Exactly. I'd rather have that fat, bald-headed guy than Ola Kamara. <laughs> oh, like, low-key, I would actually consider picking up Connor fast. Casey. I love that dude. Oh, I love Connor Casey. That guy's, that guy's badass. That guy's awesome. And he always scores. Like, he, he looks like that guy that would be like looking at your girlfriend at a bar that you would never, ever want to confront because he would just hammer punch you and just destroy you. That guy's awesome. I, I can't help feeling that that this trade of Kai Kamara to New York was basically like, hey, who wants Kai Kamara? New York's like, I, I don't know. I've got what, what I have in my pocket here. I, I've, I've got a nickel, a, a button, and like a, a piece of yarn. Deal, deal. Well, you have him. Take him. Like that is, I don't know. It seems like Columbus is on such the raw end of this deal. I mean, maybe clearing out the bad blood is is having more value than, than I can actually assign to it, but New York needs a striker. They've now got a striker. Columbus has nothing. Sorry, New England New, New England, England has yeah. needs a striker. They they now have one and and I don't know what Columbus has because Finlay's 
not getting it done. Maram's not getting it done. Higuain's not getting it done. Maybe they will with Kamaragon, but I don't know what their answer is. Their answer I, is I don't to bring know. in Higuain's brother in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Maybe maybe they'll make a make a run for Ibrahimovic. How about that? Can, do we see him living in Columbus? I don't know. So. No. Unlikely. I don't think so at all. That's great. Well, let's let's go with our picks now. What do you think, Jay? Giovinco, Sapong, and David Villa this week. Uh, yeah, Giovinco must own. Via must own. And I think I'm going to go with BWP just for this week and then bring like in it. Sapong after that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, simply because I'm using my wild card and I'll have an extra transfer. So. My picks are the exact same as Andrew's. Mr. Guy Chance Sanchez says Sapong, Via, and Geo. So, yeah, definitely Geo and Via, two no brainers for this round. So. Uh, very nice. Geo, Via, and Sapong. For those of you who don't know, I, I keep notes during this segment of the show so that I can make the nice chalkboard graphic that we have uh, posting in a couple days, usually on Wednesday or tomorrow, whenever I happen to find the time. So our next our next question, I think it's it barely even needs to be asked, but is anyone not picking Geo this round as your captain? Crickets. Getting crickets. Yeah. crickets. If, you don't, if you don't pick Geo, then just stop playing fantasy soccer. Just stop. <laughs> Involved in every every goal that they've scored, and as Guy Sanchez says, Captain Geo all day. I don't know. All day. All day. Oh, I'm Simon. gonna push back. I, I'm with Simon. I'm with Simon. I, I think that Geo is probably who I'm going to captain, but I think you could make a really good case for question. Um, Do it. Do it. Right, so it's all based on that fixture. They're playing Chicago at home, and Chicago kind of parks the bus, and I know they can be kind of hard to score on, but seems like, I don't know, the kind of matchup where the Red Bulls could do pretty well. Sasha could rack up some attacking bonus points, do pretty well in that game. Maybe he scores a goal. Maybe they get a penalty because Chicago's defending so much, and he does pretty well in that game. And then they play this this game at New York City FC, it gets heated because it's the two New York teams, and I could see both of those teams really just getting into a, a total shootout, 4-4, 5-4 type of deal, um, and and just him absolutely racking up the points. So I don't think it's as clear-cut as people are maybe saying. I think you could make a really good case for going with Question, especially if you're starting to feel like, mm, I really need to make up make up some ground on people. Or lose ground. Or, lo- or lose home, ground. Double home week game to Geo? Are you kidding me? If, I if mean, your, if your team name is Fantasy Football 24-7, you should really captain Sasha Question. If you're, we if you're, speak of them. If you're Fantasy Football 24-7 and you're rapidly catching up to me, please, Captain Campbell from Chicago, I am telling you <laughs> he is going to score a header hat trick. Sean Johnson is an excellent captain choice. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of that, though, uh, Johnson and some of these people have started to uh, Hamid have started to travel some with the teams now. So keep an eye on these on these keepers that have been playing because they may may swap out soon. Uh, I, I guess the last question I will I will say since that was sort of just a throw off. You guys, besides Geo, is anybody else a must have? I think you had said the Larry Andrew was one, and I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I've actually got a lot of must-haves this week. I think Giovinco and Via are both must-haves. I've got Bradley and Question are both must-haves. And just in general, for this entire fantasy year, I think Valeri is a must-have. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I really don't see him leaving my team anytime soon. Nope. Like, even if there's a buy, I'm like, I'll just put him on the bench. That's fine. <laughs> I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. Do you guys agree with those? Any other any other must-haves you'd add? Um, I'm close on Bradley Wright Phillips. I think he's close to a must-have okay. because... Uh, maybe have. Okay. Yeah. For I, just, part, I just don't I know. Like... like I think he's probably the third most important player to have this week after Gio via or sorry, fourth most after Gio via and Question, who I think are the three like you absolutely have to have them and you're crazy if you don't. Fair enough. Any other questions you guys would like to hit on before we move on to our community time? Nah. All right. So now the top score for the R slash Fantasy MLS League. This week it goes to Alex Carey, manager of Perez for President, who scored 161 points, which is just four points away from the overall high score for this round. Congrats, man. That That is amazing. A, yeah, a that's our boy, Roland yeah, Carey. I actually looked exa- I actually looked up the, the highest player who got uh, 165 points in, in round nine. He scored 64, so he scored over 100 points more in this round than he scored last Jeez. time. And I love it. This I, this double game week just embodied everything that double game week should be, and I loved it. I loved it so much. So congrats, guys. Uh, both the high score overall, and of course, uh, Rolling Carry. That that that's great, Alex. And now, bittersweet, the MLS <laughs> Fantasy Insider head-to-head league. Uh, first game was a match between myself and Jason, and I will let you do the honors, sir. It was a, it was a GG. Um, it was a valiant effort by Mr. Connolly, um, but Royal Army took it 137 to 120, but nice work anyway, Reed. It was still a you weren't the taco this week, so that's a good thing. I was not. I was. I was the fourth, fourth or fifth. I think I was the fourth lowest score overall with 120, but still, still a solid performance. And let me say, it was one. I got 124, but I had a minus four, so it, it rounded mm. out to be 120. But still, that would not have helped me overall against your 137. We beat Guy, so <laughs> we did beat Guy, who came in at the second lowest score. He lost to Fantasy Football 24/7. Uh, perhaps that was maybe him just taking a dive since he does write for Fantasy Football 24-7. I don't know. Regardless, though, Fantasy Football 24-7 stomped everybody with 158 points, which is crazy. Congrats to those guys for grabbing Javier Morales from... Sorry, Pedro. Pedro, Pedro Morales from Vancouver, and he racked him 21 points on his own, so great pick grabbing him on the way up. Definitely one to keep an eye on in the future. Uh, moving on down, we had Mike That Tiger dropped to older goaler, who we need to get on the show, man. He got 140 points versus 129. Uh, older goaler's doing some great stuff with his son this year, so anybody who has kids who are interested in fantasy, when he comes on, we'll definitely talk about just ways to spread your your joy and interest in fantasy game to the younger generation. Uh, Andrew, I think you had the next round. Yeah, so I was up against Travis in the Battle of the Stats Nerds. That's right. And, <laughs> And uh, I thought I was sunk after Barrios scored that goal. And then the next day I realized that Travis wasn't playing Quello. And I ended up winning by two points because of it. Lucked out. We'll just say Travis left those extra two points in one of those boxes that he was moving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Simon, and you had a big victory in this next match. Did I? I beat this guy, Ivan the Terrible. and Fantasy football first. Not so terrible after all, are you? 
<laughs> it was nice. pretty close. 128 to 133. So, uh, But I think those uh, Fantasy Football First and Fantasy Football 24-7 are doing really well in our league this year. So glad to have you guys here, even with the, the good nature banter back and forth. We're glad to have you. And during the, the two-week break that we have in Copa America, I'm hoping to get some of our Euro friends on the show to talk and just uh, see what it is that they really like about the show. So if you guys are over across the pond... Uh, I'm so glad that you're listening. Uh, we'd love to get some questions when that time comes, just about what you think about the game, and I'm going to get some of these guys on the show so that we can chat. It'll be really fun. Our final game was between my buddy Steve versus uh, Ben Bear over there at MLS, and uh, our buddy Steve is a, my buddy Steve is a taco, and he lost 78 to 117. Um, but he, he's off on his 10 10-year anniversary <laughs> right now, so I mean, uh, I guess we can give him that. Congrats. Congratulations. Man. Congrats, man. Uh, next round's coming up for round 11. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on me. So uh, I would love to be to be attack in, in just the steamroll that is Fantasy Football 24-7 this year, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So I will not be like Jason and will not throw such a vicious gif war against you guys, but I shall do my best to beat you. I'll do it on behalf of you. I would love to. Have fun with that. Uh, Jason is taking on Mike that Tiger. Travis is going up against Guy. Ivan the Terrible is going against Older Goaler. My buddy Steve is taking on Andrew. Uh, so congrats on your win, Andrew. And, <laughs> and yeah, I've, I've been waiting all year for this, and it happens to be <laughs> that means my wild card. <laughs> and Ben Bear is taking on Simon. So uh, some good matchups this, this round. It'll, it'll be fun to talk about these next. So that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, do you guys have any plugs before we close out? I would just like to say that, Ben, I'm going to wreck you. <laughs> I, I would love if you listened to the show regularly. Um, you can find my stat nerd articles on MLSFantasyBoss.com. Nothing from me. Just thanks for being awesome and everyone that supported us. Um, you guys are fantastic. I love the interaction on the MLSFI Twitter and on my personal Twitter you guys are so much fun to interact with, and uh, yeah, keep it up. It's 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 been a joy doing this and chatting back and forth with you guys. So thank you. I have one more plug: Golden State Warriors, because I hate the Oklahoma City Thunder more than any <laughs> professional team on earth. I hope you lose every game. Steph Curry is going to wreck you all. We are recording the show. I'm excited to go and watch the Zombie Sonics lose. Uh, well, I'm going to echo what <laughs> Andrew said and check out MLS Fantasy Boss where we had a lot of great contributors over there, including Andrew and Jay. Uh, please also check out the MLS Fantasy Experts on MLS Fantasy Soccer, or I guess this MLSsoccer.com. Check out the articles that I'm going to be posting and Travis is going to be posting and Skyler, who was on the show last week. A lot, of, a lot of people have some great things going on over there. Please check out r slash fantasy MLS, which is a great subreddit with a lot of good fantasy information and injury reports and charts and just a lot of people who spend their time giving back to the community post information there. So it's a fantastic resource to check out. And a quick shout out. I am going to be running the at fantasy MLS Twitter account on the 21st during some of these games. So if you want to send some questions, feel free. I'm going to be the guy behind the mask, and it should be pretty fun. And next week, you're going to get to talk to Jason doing the same thing. Yay! <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you got some good ideas for your transfers going forward. Remember, those happen on Wednesday, so don't get caught behind. You have no preliminary transfers. Good luck.